Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. So the third uh, round of pool matches has started, and uh, Scotland 22, United States 8. But Luke Douglas, um, a bit of drama before kickoff for the Scotland team. Yeah, the hooker went down in the warm-up. Um, we were already down a hooker uh, with a knee problem, and um, uh, poor old Benny Fisher went down. Um, he's coming in uh, toward the end of his, his career, and you know he's really hoping to, to get a good performance for us, and unfortunately uh, not able to take the paddock. Yeah, uh, it was going to be his last game. Well, your last game for the tournament will be, was always going to be his last game. Yeah. Um, were the fellas aware of it, like in the warm-up and 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 at the anthems that that what had happened to him was it a bit of a was it a bit of a motivating factor for everyone? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we we knew. He said before the game, he said, you know, let's not make this my last one. Let's get get through to the quarters and um, take on New Zealand. But um, yeah, it was the last last thing in the warm-up. You know, he went back, got off the line. Um, he felt something, and um, yeah, it was heartbreaking for him to see him break down like that. And um, as we were singing the anthem, he was he was opposite 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 us, and you know he was shedding a few tears, and you know, that was a bit of a bit of motivation, and everyone was feeling for him. So it was good to get that win for him. You scored a try yourself. Uh, you got you got some family here watching you play. Um, what, what was that like? Yeah, it was good. I don't get many. Um, <laughs> you know, you see a little fullback in front of you. You know, I had a crack, so um, managed to get over the line. Yeah, um, I'll take it. Um, it was good. You know, dad's here and um, very proud. And, End of the pool stages in Scotland haven't lost a game, but you still got to wait for, for Sunday's match between Italy and Tonga to find out if you progress. How are you going to deal with that? Are you all going to watch the game together? Yeah, I think we break camp. We're going to, um, a lot of guys are over here. They're going to go back to their families, and uh, me and Pete and a few other boys are going to um, keep busy. I suppose Manchester, I don't know yet what, what's on the cards, but yeah, come back into camp Sunday lunchtime and um, watch the game together. Um, go Tonga. <laughs> you must. Uh, you got any friends in the Tonga team? Uh, well, I know a few boys, but um, yeah, I have to get on to them. <laughs> get a win for us. Oh, you must be pretty pretty pleased to, to have come over here and not lost a game so far. Um, I you, you went a lot better than most people expected. Yeah, we had that underdog tag at the start, but we knew we had the squad there, and yeah, it was really good. You know, we showed our, our passion and courage, and um, undefeated. It's not bad from World Cup. Thanks, Luke. Happy television viewing on Sunday.
How you doing, everybody? This is Bobby Ingram with the group Molly Hatchet, and yeah, I am down under, okay? And this is awesome. It's great to be here. It's great to be on your radio station. You're listening to Steve with White Line Fever Radio. Keep rocking and keep rocking Southern style. Final round of uh, pool matches. Uh, New Zealand, 56, Papua New Guinea, 10, and most people think it's all sweetness and light for the Kiwis, but Stephen Kearney, few injuries. Yeah, we uh, we pulled up a, with a couple. Obviously, Tommy uh, Tommy Luloi, who we uh, who we were hopeful that could, would get through tonight, and uh, you know, but it didn't work out so well for him. Um, uh, who else are we talking? Manu Valo. Manu Valo. Yeah, Manu. He um, he got a bump on the knee, which um, we rested him for last week. So. We'll have to keep an eye on him uh, early this week, and also Josh Hoffman got a bit of a stinger in his uh, in his shoulder. But um, you know we're pretty confident, with, with certainly with Manu and and, uh, and Josh that they'll be right. So um, we've got a pretty big uh, seven day break before our next game. We'll just just see how they how they pull up. There's a story in the Sunday papers in New Zealand about you know uh, getting permission to use certain treatment on Tommy, but I take it that's all academic now. His tournament's over. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you know, we'll, you know, we'll have a, you know, sit down with the medical staff and just assess everything and see, you know, where we're at with that. And uh, um, still, might be worth investigating. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure. Well, again, you know, the reason that we played them tonight was, um, you know, obviously now that you know the stakes are pretty high now in terms of in terms of the game. So we just needed to make sure that. Uh, if Tommy had a chance, we needed to see tonight whether he, you know, whether he, uh, whether he would be okay, and it didn't work out so well. But we'll just, yeah, we'll see how he is. Because he sounds pretty, he sounds resigned and not playing again. Really, just he just did an all-in media thing, and he doesn't sound very confident. Yeah, again, you know, well, again, I, I think um, you know that probably says it all. He, you know, he was the one who, who sort of approached us to be fair and um, spoke about the possibility of playing tonight. He thought it would be best if he if, if that's if he did that. So it gave him a bit of confidence. He hasn't played since the last round of NRL. So um, you know, and all of a sudden we're, we're coming into some games that, um, with high stakes. It's he wanted to make sure that if he was going to be right, that he had some some run under his belt. You're playing some good football at the moment, aren't you, Stephen? And, and then you've got you're probably going to have the tougher semi-final out of yourselves and, and Australia. So um, you must be pleased with the way things are going overall. Yeah, we're, we're building okay. You know, we're building okay. And again, obviously, um, you know, it's, it's a long you know there's long tournaments, and you know when you pick up a couple of injuries here and there, and uh, um, you know, it, can, it will certainly you know throw you can throw things out a bit, but um, you know the lads are the lads are ticking along well. I thought the first half tonight was very good, and you know we just got to make sure we uh, improve on um, the areas that we that we need to, and make sure we bring that next Friday. Thanks, Stephen. Cheers. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. 
BBC Radio Manchester, Rock and Rugby League on White Line Fever. So there were two games on uh, Saturday. Um, Fiji played really well, 34-12 against uh, England. And uh, the second game, 50-0 Australia over Ireland. And I'm being really professional because uh, Sam Fido's shouting in the background. I'm um, here with uh, Jimmy Tamo. Um, it was 50-0, it was but it looked like you were focusing on the games ahead, just watching the game. Yeah, mate, for sure. Um, we actually had a team goal with... Um, with uh, uh, the majority of our goal being um, being more adapted to defence. So the points sort of came, you know, when uh, when they came, we weren't too busy, too worried about that. Uh, our main purpose for tonight was defence, and um, you know they, Ireland, they had some big boys, and um, not taking anything away from them, but um, you know we know we've got to do a bit better if we want to uh, go compete against the uh, the better teams. It must feel a bit uncertain because you played England first up, you're rusty, didn't have a warm up game. And then since then, you've just been trying to get a few things right. But you still don't really know how you're going to go against the, the big two, do you? There's a bit of uncertainty there. Yeah, mate, it is. Um, you know, we, we watched New Zealand last night and, you know, they look dangerous. Um, so it's, it's always... These games are always sort of, um, you know, tinkle a bit with uh, certain things here and there. So hopefully uh, on the day we'll get it right and... Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll definitely do well. Tell us a bit about the tournament so far, because some people will go, oh, well, the scores are starting to get a bit big, but uh, there's tremendous camaraderie between the players, isn't there? Like, the Kiwis have been going to opposition dressing rooms after the game. I think you maybe were in the island rooms yeah. tonight. The jersey shop, uh, swapping is back. Yeah. Crowds are cheering teams that are getting heavily beaten, aren't they? That's it's it. very different to club football. Mate, it's, um, I think, you know, you, you meet these people that... that these guys got like we've all got respect for each other, um, but you, you meet these guys, um, you know, from different parts of the world, and they know who you are, and they sort of respect you in that manner. So, um, you know, you want to you want to um, you know do well by them, and um, you know, give swap jerseys or something. I was just uh, yeah, I, I knew a few of the boys in the Ireland team. I was just in there having a chat, just in there having a chat to them. So um, no, there's always there's always going to be that camaraderie. Um, whether what what happens with the field or on the field, there's always going to be that camaraderie off the field. Thanks, James. Yeah, mate. No worries.
Hey, this is Michael Starr. This is Lexi Fox. And you're listening to White Lion Fever. Second last day of uh, pool matches at the World Cup for early games saw uh, Cook Islands get their first ever win in a World Cup match, a 28-24 over Wales. And the second game was an epic uh, battle, really, very physical, and, and finished 16-0 um, uh, to Tonga. Um, and uh, I'm here with uh, I'm here with Brent Kite. Uh, Brent, uh, what can you say about that game? It was uh, it was it was uh, had lots of twists and turns. Yeah, for sure. I think um, you know a couple of decisions went our way, which was which is fortunate. But um, I, I was really impressed with the character we showed. Um, you know, we didn't have much to play, play for. Just um, pride in the jumper, and I was really proud of my guys that. Um, they hung in there. We, we defended a lot of sets on our own line, and and we were good enough, and um, you know, together enough as a unit to, to keep um, to keep the Italians out. I didn't mention the team you beat. It was Italy, but uh, the decision, I suppose, there was one try a strip over the line. That was a big call late in the game, wasn't it? Yes, I can't remember <laughs> it. Um, what, which one stand out in your mind that you weren't really sure which way they were going to go? Uh, I think our front rower Ben Terrapo, who, yeah. who got his. Um, you know, first crack tonight, he, he sort of chased down a, a centre there and managed to roll him over. And it looked 50-50 even on the video, but um, I think that that was a, a real reward for the, for the effort that he put in. It was in James Tedesco, I think, was it? Could have been, yeah, could have yeah, been, yeah. yeah. They, they, they got a bit of a runaway try there, or what looked like a runaway try, and I think that was definitely one of the turning points. Before you go, just uh, you had Andrew uh, Fafita here and Michael Jennings, um, and they're in camp with another team in the World Cup, which is probably hasn't happened in any World Cup in any sport before. They came down and they were wearing your gear and they were supporting you. Did they say much to the boys before the game? They weren't involved in the the, the, the Harker at the end, were they? Were they? They were taking photos, and no. <laughs> I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would have loved to be there. Yeah. You know, they're very proud of um, you know their, their uh, heritage and their tong- their Tongan side. So uh, I thought it was an awesome gesture from from Jenko and um, and Andrew. Um, they did manage to um, present a few of the jumpers. Uh, Charlie was ov- obviously touched. We spoke a lot about um, you know this game was only only really for pride, national pride, and to see that it meant so much to those guys to take take time away from their own campaign to come and support us who have been knocked out of the comp uh, was was a real touching gest- you know gesture on their behalf, and I think Charlie rewarded them with. Uh, being able to give out the jerseys. Now, now from next year, we believe the, the qualification was going to change in the NRL anyway, so you make yourself eligible for one top-tier country, Australia, New Zealand, England, and one other country, and it, it doesn't affect your uh, eligibility if you play Origin or whatever. Now, I take it that there was a bit of a, um, a changing of the guard tonight with those two guys showing up because we're going to see a bit more of that, aren't we, where guys are simultaneously, um, I suppose, aligned with New South Wales or Queensland and also a country other than Australia. Yeah, mate, you've got to um, applaud the um, you know the decision makers mm-hmm. for, for that sort of call because it's, it's only good for for rugby league and in, definitely international rugby league. Um, Australia and New Zealand, are, have, you got got they're spoilt for talent and um, you know yeah look across and, and Michael Jennings isn't really getting a run over there in Australia and he, he would have been. Um, yeah, a massive asset to, to an emerging nation like Tonga. So it, it's Freddie Mateo's not here. Freddie's yeah. not here, and, yeah. and he's captained this side in the past. So it, it's it's only going to be good for the game. And um, you know, if we're serious about you know getting some international fixtures that are are worth watching, and um, you know uh, possibly can raise revenues toward, for the game instead of just being a, a bit of a basket case as they have been, I think um, that's only a good thing. Now, people outside. Sport, maybe people outside rugby league will say all this country um, um, switching. It's it, it lacks credibility, and, and you're either Australian or you're Tongan. You can't be both. You've heard the argument. You've probably seen it on social media. You've probably thought up a really good response to it. What, 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 how, how do you respond to it? Oh, mate, I think even people in the game, you know, it's, it's a very, it's rugby league's a, it's a cultural thing, and you pick sides and you stick with your side. You don't go from you know, New South Wales to Queensland, but I would just say that um, someone that, that is half Tongan and half Australian, um, you need to be in the position to understand it's it's pretty much as hard to pick between your mum and your dad. My dad's Aussie, yeah. mum's Tongan, so I don't feel any sort of um, allegiances to, to more, one more than the other. It's uh, proud to be Tongan and, and I'm very proud to be Australian, so uh, that that's why, um, you know, I think you get to... You get the benefit of representing both, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Thanks, Brent. Thanks for your help during the tournament and all year, and we'll see you at Penrith next year. Good on you, mate. Catch you there.
you may notice there's some cameras. We are filming it tonight, everybody. So if you see a camera coming towards you, feel free to expose any bodily parts that you choose. You might not make the DVD, but you will make the dressing room for sure. All right? This is Nick Barker and you're on White Line Fever. So uh, the full stages of the World Cup are finally over and uh, Samoa 22 beat France 6 in the very last pool game uh, in Perpignan. I'm here with uh, Samoa coach uh, Matt Parrish. Matt, it was a pretty uh, wild old game out there, wasn't it? You had a few blokes placed on report and all sorts of things happened. Yeah, Steve, it was a very tough game, but it's certainly nothing you wouldn't expect playing at, you know, a World Cup game in France. Uh, we, we knew the French would be very tough and... Uh, you know, we wanted to, to match their uh, aggression, and I think we certainly did that. And uh, you know, it was a World Cup game, and uh, you know, spots were up for grabs. And you know, I thought our blokes played really well. Three players placed in report, one of them twice. Uh, you, you worried? You worried that maybe one or more might be rubbed out for, for your next game? Oh, oh, 
I'm not worried about the, what the actual incidents, but again, you're always, as a coach, you're always worried about people being placed on report. But, you know, I, I've had a look at all, th- all four of them. Um, you know, three of them were for, you know, alleged late hits. But again, you know, a couple of them, where are they meant to go? They're not meant to, you know, they don't have to move. They're big men, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, their ball players were going right to the line. And, you know, our guys hit them, you know, around the chest. They, uh, didn't, they weren't shoulder charges. They were trying to tackle them. You know, and it's debatable whether any of them are late. Mm. Now, your next game is against Fiji, so it was a good carrot, a big carrot to avoid England, really, wasn't it, in the, in the quarterfinals? Oh, look, I just think we wanted to win games, and we wanted we wanted to go into our next round's game winning the winning the game. It's sort of at this at this stage of the competition, it doesn't you know really matter who you play. You've just got to get some momentum. I think we've got some momentum at the moment, and obviously uh, it'll be a massive game, Fiji and Samoa. But you know, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll regroup now. We're going back to Warrington where we had a really, you know, some really good uh, support there and we're looking forward to playing against Fuji. The boys wore black armbands tonight. You had a, a, a very sad uh, occurrence in the team this week, didn't you, as far as a, um, relatives, a mother of one of the players yeah. died? Yeah, mate, it's been tough, uh, you know, tragic actually. And uh, I think the way that the guys have you know, rallied around Panani and the way that he's held himself is a credit to all of them. And, uh, you know, it's to lose. Uh, you know, your parent, one of your parents is. You know, again, as I said, you Steve, it's tragic. But you know, you have to deal with these and move on. And I think the boys have been really supportive of him. You know, we've got as much help as we can to him. And you know, he's coping okay, which is good. He stayed in camp, which is incredibly brave, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. And uh, you know, it's a decision he made. Obviously, we. You know, we were, you know, I personally thought he'd go home, but he wanted to stay. His family are very supportive of him being here, and. Uh, as I said, you made it to tragic circumstances, but uh, you know, again, he's around his mates and his family. He, you know, they're, they're all family down there at the moment. So, you know, we'll continue to support him, and hopefully, you know, we can get through this. We'll see you in England next weekend, Matt. Thanks for talking to us. Pleasure, Steve.
Hey, this is Nash Cato. And King Roser. We're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Okay, it's down to the knockout stages in the World Cup, and Scotland have been knocked out, 40-4. to uh, New Zealand over Scotland. I'm here with Roger Tuivasashek, who scored two tries. Um, you've got yourself and, uh, and Manu Vatavoy. You've got uh, Jason Nightingale sitting in the in the stands, so I suppose that puts pressure on you both to perform a little bit, doesn't it? He's a pretty handy player. Yeah, um, <laughs> all three of us together, um, I'm pretty surprised again to getting chosen over um, Jason Nightingale. He's a top player, and you're just pretty happy to get there the call. Now, tell us, um, when you were in France, uh, the, the, the team management gave you a couple of days off, uh, took you down to Nice at their own expense. Um, do you think the boys benefited a lot just from being able to get their heads away from football for a couple of days? Yeah, I um, got, uh, got away from footy, but I think the main part was getting together and bonding and, and just getting that, um, that team un- um, united again. and just We just find that working together in the game was good. And what about the fact that you lead up games? I mean, you, you haven't played Australia or England yet, so you don't really know yet about how you are in, in comparison to them, yeah. I guess. Is it, is it a good thing to have these games against other countries, or do you think it might, might have been better to have at least one sort of tougher game so far? How, how, how do you think it's going to affect the team? Um, I don't think, I think just um, training, and um, I think it all comes back to us and how we go down, and we just got to look at um, um, what we can control, and, and we're just going to go back to the drawing board and do what we can to hopefully come up against these big teams. You've, um, you've made a, a meteoric rise, haven't you, from uh, just playing first grade, now you're playing test footy. You're going to be playing at Wembley next week. Have you been to Wembley before? Have you even seen anything there? You've obviously seen it on television a lot. Yeah, I've seen it on television. Um, <laughs> but yeah, never been there and I uh, can't wait for it. Good on you, Roger. Have a good night.
Hello everybody, this is Ron Bumblefoot Thaw. You might know me from Guns N' Roses or not. And you're listening <laughs> You're listening to White Line Fever. Second quarter final, Australia um, 62, the United States nil, but uh, Tim Sheen's uh, another injury um, uh, to Billy Slater. How is he? Yeah, well, obviously it's early days. He'll go for an MRI tonight, and uh, but it would appear a, a, a PCL injury. However, I'm saying that he hasn't got a PCL on that on that knee <laughs> that last year, so um, he can't have hurt it. But he has done a little bit of damage to the knee, so we, we're hoping it's not too bad. Would be unlikely to play this week, but um, we would hope that maybe the week after, if we get that far, that he'd be available. He's a player of the tournament in the last World Cup. I mean, how late in the week of the final are you willing to? Um to wait to get a clearance on a key player like Billy Slater? You'd always wait till the last minute, I think. Um, and uh, so, again, um, uh, the medical the medical will tell us a little bit tonight and then just how he recovers in the next few days will give us some sort of an idea. But in the meantime, I'll have to plan for the worst-case scenario, obviously, and try to come up with a squad next week that we would be we would go into a final should we win it next week. Um, so, you know, that's... You know, that's a given at this point. I'm, I'm just going to have to make plans without him. Two players uh, equaled the record for tries in a test for Australia today. One of them is Jared Hayne, and he's a guy you were more or less trialling at centre, or the, you know, he beat two or three other fellows to the position. I mean, if Greg Inglis moves to fullback, then Jared Hayne's held his spot, and one of the other three guys comes back in, I guess. Yeah, that would be. That would be. We would try not to make too many changes. Mm. That right edge would stay consistent, I think. Uh, they both complemented one another. Uh, they both played some footy together for New South Wales, so and they're both big, strong, and fast boys. So, and I, I've always had confidence that Jared would make a right centre. Um, he's a football player, and he can play, you know, wing centre or fullback. And uh, I thought he, although again, you know, um, the Fords did a great job to give him give him room to to move. But even when he had no no options in that area, he still forced issues with his strength and his fend and so on. So, he really brought another dimension to that side of the field with with Inglis on the other side. So. However, we're losing him now, but we've got some great left centres mm. running around. Um, you know, so, uh, we've got three good centre options that could play left centre. And we'd, so I, I think if we can afford to lose one player, we could have afforded to lose a centre. Or in, in Billy's case, obviously, if, if we've lost him, uh, that GI can go back there and we can fill that centre role. Do you think either of those fellows were aware that no one scored five tries for Australia in a test ever? No, I don't think so. I don't think any of us were. Uh, where's David Midland? I see him there somewhere. Um, should have let us know. But uh, yeah, no, that, that's terrific. That's a fabulous um, achievement. But yeah, credit to the team. As Cameron said in the meeting, um, the team played really well. The Fords played really well, and we really, you know, put a lot of pressure on the United States side. Um, defensively, which turned football over for us, which gave those boys the opportunity. So it's just a case for the semi-final against whoever your opponents are, maybe tinkering with the bench and finding someone to replace Billy Slater. Is that pretty much... That, that's, that's all? That would, that would be pretty much the story at this point. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Congratulations. Okay. Cheers. Talk to me, talk to me, come show me what you want to be for I've been dreaming all my life and I've not woke up from this night Talk to me, talk to me, come show me what you want from me Cause I've been looking all my life for someone who will make me feel alive.
is Johnny Two from She Hard and the Adults, and you are with Steve on White Line Fever. Um, so the third quarter final, and it was uh, 34 to six, probably a bit closer than most people thought. England over France, and here with Liam Farrell. What did you think? Um, you just struggled to get into a rhythm, didn't you? Yeah, we probably lacked a bit of quality. Um, probably a bit of respect for the opposition as well. I think we need to respect them a bit more and we probably would have respected the ball a bit better as well. So um, definitely areas to improve and you know, we'll be looking to fix them all this week. How much of the tournament have you felt comfortable? Yeah, and, and you thought that England was sort of realising their potential in the game so far. Has it happened only fleetingly from your perspective? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think we're going all right, but we've obviously got areas to improve. And I think since the Aussie game... Um, Bit by bit, we've probably improved them little bits, but I still think going into next week, we've got quite a few areas to improve on, and definitely keeping all the ball a bit more and keeping possession. Uh, against, team, against teams like New Zealand, it's going to be a lot harder, so we've definitely got areas to improve. At this stage of the tournament, um, uh, some of the, sort of the top three are playing the other countries, and we're getting some big scores, and I suppose when people are trying to predict what's going to happen next weekend, they look, who, who ran up the biggest score? I mean, what are the dangers of looking at things like that? I suppose every team's different, aren't they, and conditions are different. Um, it's not that simple, is it? No, it's not. Obviously, we've got we've been playing in these conditions, you know, most of our careers. A lot of us, so we can we can take down to our belts. But um, looking, I don't think you look at the score lines too much. Um, whoever performs on the day, you know, whoever sticks to the game plans and keeps the ball on the on the right side, then you know they're going to have a chance of winning. And I think if we contend with New Zealand's forward packs and keep them under control, then you know we've got a good, good chance of winning. Um, everyone, I'm sure, this week will be asking you and everyone else in your team, particularly your pack, about Sonny Bill Williams. Um, how far back do you go watching him play? Are you, are you a student of, of him or are you only just started watching him closely recently? Because uh, he's, he's probably the biggest star of this tournament, isn't he? Because he's just come back to rugby league after being in rugby union, I guess. Yeah, everyone's talking about him. <laughs> to me, yeah, he is the superstar of the game. and um, I've, been, I've watched him since being a kid. I've loved watching him play. And, um, it's going to be a massive task for us, but one we're looking forward to. Um, and as a second row myself, and I like to look at players like that. And I like to test myself against people like that. So I'll be looking forward to it. And you know, what a quality player he is. Playing against him at Wembley too—that's going to be a big moment, I suppose, in your career. Yeah, it definitely will be. <laughs> Not just playing at Wembley, but playing against the you know the world champions. It's going to be outstanding. So really looking forward to it. Um, you know, hopefully test ourselves against the best. Lovely to meet you, Liam, and we'll see you at Wembley. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. Things are different today Back in New York I lived down in 3rd Street Way back in the day There were junkies, pimps and whores Hallelujah Now it's squeaky clean There's no place left to stay
is Michael Clayton from Taiketo and Jim Kennedy, and you are listening to White, White Lion Fever. So the semi-finals of the World Cup have been decided. Uh, England are taking on New Zealand, and Australia playing Fiji. Twenty-two four winners um, over Samoa in uh, in Warrington. I'm here with Petro Sivnasiva. Petro, while the game was on, I got on Google and tried to find out if any Fijian sporting team had ever played at Wembley before. Couldn't find one. It's going to be an amazing moment. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Um, I just, uh, you know, I'm so excited for. Everyone back in Fiji, especially, um, you know, they've, they've really uh, shown their support. It's been amazing, and uh, you know, rugby union has probably been the most dominant uh, rugby code in Fiji for a long time. Um, but now, you know, league has certainly turned the corner, and just the way everyone has got behind us, um, you know, means a lot to the boys. You played on for another year after retiring from the NRL. Was it with this tournament in mind? Is that the reason you played on, or, or did you just want to play football for another year? Yeah, I, I probably just wanted to play for my local footy club. Um, mm. You know, they did a lot for me as a junior coming through, um, and um, you know, I, I had uh, you know so many great uh, coaches at Redcliffe that, that I guess you know gave me an opportunity, and um, that's why I ended up at the Broncos. And for me to, to retire and then, then come back and play for Redcliffe was just about getting getting back mm. to my old club. You know, I still had a lot of great mates, and um, a lot of my, my, my family are very close to to. to uh, uh, you know the people there at the club, so I think it was just you know paying respect to to uh, what they did for me. Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed the year. I guess to play in the World Cup uh, has just been a bonus, you know. And um, probably around halfway through the season, I was asked about whether I'd be keen to play. And uh, physically, mentally, I, f- I felt that I could do it. So um, I'm just great grateful that uh, the opportunity was presented to me. And uh, here we are going to Mel- uh, Wembley. It would have been tough for you, I suppose. You know, to have watched on TV, what if this had happened? Maybe it wouldn't happen without you. But to, to for the for Fijian team to walk out on to, to Wembley next Saturday, it, you know, you must be glad that you you were here and you're part of it and you played that extra season. Yeah, most definitely. Um, <laughs> it was probably something that um, you know was always on the radar. You know. Um, uh, just being associated with the Fijian team, I knew that once I retired, that you know I would love to have helped out in some some way. But I mean, the fact that you know I can be on the field and, and help in that way um, has just been an absolute bonus. So I'm um, just going to be a fantastic week now. Um, I'm so excited for the boys. They're down in the sheds now. Um, you know, bigger smiles on their faces, and uh, I know their friends and family back uh, in Australia in Fiji will be very proud of what they did tonight. Can you take just a couple more questions? Can you take us inside the camp? I mean, footy teams um, can always be emotional at times, mm-hmm. but is this sort of Situation and this sort of team—is it a particularly sort of emotional um, squad and, and an emotional achievement that you've you've had today? Uh, you know, I think uh, we've got a, a, a pretty much a deeper connection than I think that I've ever experienced within a team. Um, you know, devotion is always a huge part of our preparation. You know, seven thirty every morning we're up, um, and uh, you know we have a, a devotion. You know, and um, that's something that I've, I've uh, sort of never witnessed. But you know, in, in terms of uh, a rugby league team doing that, I mean, um, it just shows that. Again, you know, there's there's something deeper than uh, I guess just walking out in a football field, and um, you know that's been a real huge part of uh, our preparation, and I think it showed in in, in while we're here, you know, we're, we're still standing, and uh, we're off to Wembley now. Can you win next Saturday? Oh look, you know, we're we're just going to give it our best shot, no doubt. Um, you know, we're not going to lie down, we're not going to be making up numbers. Um, you know, I think. If anything, when we played Australia a few weeks ago, I think you know we took a lot of confidence out of that, knowing that you know, um, you know, for, for for great parts of that match, we were in the contest. So, um, you know, it's it's a, it's an amazing moment for all these boys. I mean, you know, playing against their heroes—that's what I said to them last week—and uh, uh, playing against the last time we played the Aussies. So um, this will be very much the same. But if anything, you know, we can take some confidence again, as I said, you know, out of what we did last time, and um, just have a great, enjoyable week. Well, they a little bit too quiet, a little bit too reserved last time against Australia, a little bit too in awe of their opponents, and that. Here's the last question, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think so. And, and you know that—that's uh, you, you can't fault the boys for that. I mean, you know, that for years, you know, they've, they've grown up watching these guys on the football field, and next thing you know, they're out there tackling them. So, um, you know, I, I, as I said, I think they took a lot of confidence at knowing that you know they, they can definitely get out there and compete um, with, with with them. So um, that's where our focus will be about just turning up uh, the, the notch a bit and uh, making sure that you know we, we get out there and uh, put in a you know a fantastic 80-minute performance. Congratulations, Petra. See you in London. Cheers. Thank you. Okay, that's the end of the program. I want to thank all the guests. Also, I want to tell you what the music was because I thought it was uh, a lot of short interviews this week, which meant we played a lot of music, uh, more than usually. Um, the great new song from Striper uh, is called Sympathy. Really love that. Love that uh, verse. Awesome, awesome. Um, Kingdom of the Lost was from Black Star Riders, who you might better know as Thin Lizzy. Don't know why they changed their name. They sound like... Thin Lizzy to me, and that's a great song and a wonderful video if you can get onto uh, YouTube and check it out. Um, Cherry Bomb is by Dela Cruz from the Gold Coast. Um, 
that was that's a, a band that's been around for a while, but I haven't really had a good listen to until the last couple of uh, weeks. And uh, I really like that uh, album. I think it's called Street Level. So uh, check that out. Um, also, uh, another track from the Viva Hysteria Def Leppard live set. It's a, a early track. Love the current incarnation of. Def Leppard doing the older hard rock tracks. I wish I'd just do one more hard rock record. There was a Mirror Mirror, Look Into My Eyes. I think Hysteria was the best and worst thing to happen to that band. I think the highlight of the whole program musically, though, was a new song from The Angels with Dave Gleason on vocals, Talk the Talk. And the album of the same title will be out on my birthday, January 17th. So if you're listening, boys, thanks for the uh, birthday present. Uh, there was also um, The Answer is one of my favourite bands from Northern Ireland. Well, they're one of my favourite bands from anywhere, but they are from Northern Ireland. But And that's uh, the first song and the title track. Another title track, a uh, new album is called uh, New Horizon. Um, for some reason, it's available on iTunes everywhere but Australia. But uh, if you're listening in Australia, um, there's no reason why you sh- shouldn't get it eventually. Um, okay, moving right along. Talk to me. Uh, that was from Reef, um, and it's actually a 10-year-old song. It was on the Greatest Hits set called Together. The reason I included it is because I saw them on Monday in uh, Manchester. They played a couple of other new songs, one of which I filmed, so maybe I can sort of bootleg that and put it on next week or the week after. Uh, finally, uh, we've got uh, The Ballad of the Lower uh, East Side, and uh, that is Michael Monroe. I think it's the third, third song from that album that I've played on the program. That's an indication of how good it is, um, Horns and Halos. And finally, the last um, song coming up right now is from Motorhead. And it's called Cry and Shame. It's not a Johnny Diesel and the Injectors uh, cover. It sounds nothing like Johnny Diesel and the Injectors. Uh, before I go, WLF Podcast is how to follow us on Twitter. And also, don't forget to come to whitelinefever.ning.com and you can sign up there and you get invitations to events and you can talk about stuff. Okay, um, World Cup semifinals this weekend at Wembley. World Cup final uh, the week after that. At uh, at uh, Old Trafford, and then White Lone Fever stops being a sports show for for two or three months and becomes a rock and roll show exclusively. Thanks for joining us, uh, and uh, we'll uh, see you uh, some point in the next two weeks.
Russell. Got a white line fever. Going to land down under. Going to turn around the corner way down yonder. And <laughs> right, I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on.